everybody. Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Tyler Weeb. We're going to talk about the process. I'm calling it a process on purpose, Tyler, because I, I had this epiphany this week. The process of motivation or the process of goal attainment. And as we say, almost every single episode, it's like, you know, gosh, do we cover this already? I, this seems really familiar because almost everything that I would consider self-development has a lot of overlap. There are so many components. And I, I did something interesting. Where is it here? Um, this week with my daily live support chats I do with clients and coaches, I pulled out a notebook and I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. I want you guys to help me brainstorm every single variable and component of motivation, self-determination, goal attainment. And I said, you know, we tend to, of course, think in binary. So we're going to think, oh, this is the answer. But I guarantee you're going to see that this is so multidimensional that there are pathways that lead to decision points. And just like, you know, time is, is the fourth dimension of, of the other three dimensions and so forth. You're going to see that this is so complex, it would be almost impossible to even create a graphic or a flowchart. Uh, but just the just the process of doing it, we really uncovered a lot of things. So before I add any of that information, tell me what you think is, is the number one thing or the doorway into attaining a goal. Ooh, that's a good question. Oh man, um, what is and this because this is something that I've been really. I don't want to say maybe struggling with, but wrestling with lately, just, you know, a lot in my life. And I'm trying to find, you know, that, you know, that motivation, right? Like what is going to continue to drive me in the darkest of times when I don't want to do anything, when I don't have the quote unquote motivation, right? Because I think we all have been through it. Like, we start something new. We have like this adrenaline. We have this high almost. We're like, you know, life is amazing. And then eventually that crashes, right? Eventually that's going to come down. And so it's, I think kind of finding that deep motivation of, okay, when this does occur, because it is going to occur, what is going to continue to drive me forward? Well, it's really cool. I mean, and I love the fact that you had to think about it for a minute and then you really, I think, came to what I asked, which was the doorway. You, you said it's, you know, there is a process. There, there's something unique and it's so novel. This is a key word. It's novel enough that it excites you. It drives you. You're so fired up. And then you said eventually that fades. I would contend it could even fade by the end of that day. Like every day we wake up, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I do this every weekend. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get so much done this weekend and here are all the projects that have been stacking up. And then it's like, by the end of the day, it's like, shit, where'd the day go? Like I didn't get any of it done. And so that process of staying motivated and, and attaining a goal, there, there are tons of reasons and barriers that we just don't tend to do it. But just speaking about skill transference for a second, let me, let me ask you, you know, just pick one, maybe like the greatest goal you've ever attained that you're really proud of. What, what's one thing you could say, man, this is, this is number one in my life. I worked my ass off for this and I'm proud of it. I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I think if, if I stuck with it, obviously, you know, family, you know, that kind of stuff it definitely goes without saying, but I would say, you know, if we're, if I'm speaking very selfishly, um, when I stepped on the bodybuilding stage in 
was it 2018 now? I don't know. It's some 2018, 2019. That was, you know, something that I knew I put all of myself into. Like I didn't leave anything, you know, on the floor. Like I had a perfect prep. Like I didn't miss one cardio session. I did not cheat one meal, one day or, you know, what have you didn't miss a workout. Um, you know, that was something that like I had really committed myself to. And so, yeah, I, w- I would say that'd be the first thing that comes to mind. And you said that was your first bodybuilding contest? Second. Sorry. Second, okay. So, so it was somewhat new, like, like your first contest, you figured some stuff out. You, 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 you learned the ropes. You probably did fail a little bit. Did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I didn't really start until like nine weeks ago. I was like, oh shit, I better get, you know, better get in gear. (laughs) So with a little bit of knowledge, especially the humility, knowing that, you know, this is serious now, because I I find the same thing with clients who are, you know, just going for some kind of a a health transformation and they lose weight. I mean, it's almost, it's almost a rule that somebody who loses 50 pounds, a hundred pounds, 130 pounds, and they work so hard and they're so motivated and they get there, uh, no matter how much you set them up for sustainability and you warn them and you try and talk about all of the things that we now have to normalize, they gain, they gain it back. They gain a lot back. And then it's typically the second or third time that they really nail it. And so they're, the first time, I would say it, it is an exciting novel thing where you just can't get enough. You eat, sleep, and breathe this goal but that's not necessarily real life. Like you can capitalize on that and you can get a lot done, but to sustain that is more difficult. So you, you have to eventually move that novelty and that dopamine fix to an internal intrinsic goal state. And to do that, somebody who, I mean, we all know, I mean, if, if you've studied self-determination and motivation, all that, you know that intrinsic value aligned goals and feelings and thoughts. That's how you sustain something. That's how you become that person. But that's, that's the difficult thing. Like that's the the million dollar question. How do you get there? And here's this process. So I think one thing is to kind of learn that novelty process. There's some good in that we have to try and replicate. So that newness and that excitement, but then we also have to realize it doesn't last like that. It's, it's, you can't get a cotton candy high every day from it. You got to figure out how to use other mechanisms but then like there are there are a lot of other variables that I want to touch on. So so going back to your process of how you did that perfect thing, let's extend it to the third, the fourth, the fifth, where you are now, because you still have those kind of goals. You're still right now, you're working on gaining lean body mass, gaining strength. You're looking forward to the next contest. So after that perfect prep, how have you internalized? What are mechanisms you've used to internalize that process? Can you clarify that question? Like, what do you, what, what exactly do you mean by like internalize that process? Like, how did I come? How are you still motivated to go to the gym every day now? How are you motivated to, to make sure you're eating the right food right. and doing right. the right things? How, how are you still on that trajectory? Because you achieved the goal, man. This was perfect. Yeah. I've done it once. Check it yeah. off the list. Now, how are you still moving forward? What, what skills did you bring with you? Um, it's funny, like it's, it definitely taught me a lot more about the idea of being consistent on a much higher level. Now, you know, especially during a building phase, you were going to go through those phases where 
were maybe not super consistent. I just went through like a, you know, a, a six week phase where, you know, I was probably 50%, but it really kind of showed the value of that as well as how hard I can actually push myself. Right. Cause there were days, you know, I'm doing, you know, you're doing 45, 60 minutes of cardio in the morning, still got maybe a training session as well. And then you got to come back and maybe do some PM cardio near the end. Like that, that was part of the reality. And so there's days where you don't even want to, you know, get up off the couch. I had to, had to call an Uber once because I didn't want to walk 15 minutes, you know, in one direction. I was so tired. Um, so I think you're really able to, you took do, an Uber to do your cardio <laughs> almost, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> almost, they go push it down the, push it down the street. Right. Um, yeah, it, you know, and just really realizing the, you know, the, when you're that physically tired, you can kind of still pick yourself up mentally and go do something that you have to go get done. And so being able to, you know, transfer that over into, you know, everyday life or, or now, um, you know, is certainly, I think, a something that you only really get from something like prep when, you know, you are in that, you know, in that mental state, like I was literally tasting Oreos in my mouth at bedtime like eventually, like towards the end, I hadn't had Oreos, trust me, but I could taste them, like literally taste an Oreo. So I think that's when you're in that kind of state and, and just to, I mean, you saw me post, you saw me that post show anyways, and you know how things went with that. Um, and, and just, you know, why, you know, why do we, you know, go to the gym every day and, and lift in silence with 10 other people who are all listening to headphones, right? Like I always find it like it's the funniest thing. And, you know, a lot of it has now just come down to like longevity and health too. Um, and, and just, you know, how much I see people around me at my age breaking down already and, you know, having already all kinds of, you know, physical issues and, you know, health issues. And, and I'm like, man, you're only 33, but it's like, you move like you're, you know, in your fifties and sixties already. And so that has definitely become a even bigger motivation for me. And I think that is the ultimate intrinsic motivation when you're going for, you know, pure longevity of life. And that is certainly something I've tried to push more into my coaching and, and go, okay, let's not just worry about the six months. Remember, like we're in this for life. Like we're, you know, this is a longevity thing. And so that has become like a, a big motivator. I have to put on my Freud glasses now to analyze what you just said, because you, you made an interesting juxtaposition there. You start, you started answering this question and I, and you transitioned, I think without even knowing it, probably, this is, this is why I'm going to totally Freud the shit out of this. Um, you started out saying, you know, it was kind of a three time a day thing. Some days, morning, evening, cardio workout that, that takes some dedication. Like you have to assume if this thing is worth achieving, it has to be a priority. I can't have six different major life goals happening at once. I have to, I have to have time for this and I will carve this out. I'm going to do this. You even use the word selfishly. You know, if I have to say something selfishly, like, of course, my primary goal, biggest thing I'm proud of is my family, love my family, love my daughter. But, but man, this is the thing I've done for me then as a way of trying to link that to number one, justify the selfishness and, and number two, really internalize it, which is what we're after. You started talking about all the health values and the things it does. And I'm taking care of myself. This is self-care. This is 
This is doing the right thing. I'm being responsible. And that, my friend, is why moral psychology and the internalization, the emotionalization of goals is so important. If you don't have and it's not being selfish. You, you can't just say, I'm going to be a total dick and, and not care about anybody else and, and only do this thing. You have to say, this is a higher cause. I'm taking care of myself because if I can't take care of myself, I can't take care of my family. If I don't have something that I'm looking forward to achieve and that gets me excited, I'm going to be a piece of shit for my family and my friends and my clients. So this is all, it's not selfish. It's, it's even modeling for your daughter. It's modeling for your clients that you're doing something worthwhile. You know, when during COVID, when I decided, okay, we're going to be locked down for a while, um, why not do another master's degree? So I, 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 did a, I did an 18-month social science master's degree in 15 months. And I mean, it was work, like two hours every night. I had to block off the schedule. I'm reading, I'm writing all day Sunday. First thing, I wake up Sunday morning, take the laptop to the kitchen table, and it's like eight hours of lectures and schoolwork. Um, but I made room for that. You know, I didn't have anything else to do. I couldn't travel for a year and a half because of COVID. And my family knows this is what I do. This is, who, this is what makes me who I am. And so there's, there's that sense of, well, that's just dad being dad. And he's a mo- motivated guy. And they're proud of me for that. And it, it models it for them. But then, you know, they, they just get to be a part of that. And it's not me just selfishly, like, I, I couldn't have done that in a normal work context. You know, I would have had to drag it out for four or five years, like I, I do other things. But anyway, all, all that just to say, Tyler, you, you, you talked about the, the key thing, which is you have to prioritize something, make it a singular, singular focus, and then you have to align it to true emotional values. And, and that those things are key. Amen. I guess. <laughs> I, well, yeah. Thank you for coming. I didn't know this was also going to be a, a, a ther- potential therapy session. Um, <laughs> I got my Freud glasses now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're done with that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, kind of as you were kind of talking in, in, yeah, it, it's not a selfish thing because, you know, you're, you are growing from it and, and kind of like you were saying, right. It's, it's going to benefit those around you, those loved ones that you do have by, you know, sharing, you know, that goal with them. They're, like, I mean, shit, there's an Avenue right there to help you with your, you know, with your motivation, like tell your, your significant other, you know, what you're trying to accomplish and, and why that's, you know, that's, that's important because now they're able to understand you on a deeper level and it's, you know, where me, me and my wife, Stephanie, like, we're always, you know, asking, you know, each other, like, how best can I, you know, motivate you in this, you know, how can I do this for you? You know, what do you need from me in this situation? Because we are all different and we all need different things, but by being able to, you know, share that experience, I think you're going to have that much more success and, and kind of, to kind of come back to my bodybuilding competition, you know, that was something we spent you know, the year before talking about, and if I was going to do it, like it was a decision we made together because the first time I did it, I didn't let her in. And I completely just, you know, shut, shut her off at, at a certain point, because, you know, if you haven't done prep, like that really does take over your life. And so to be able to then have that communication and to, you know, understand each other and 
kind of not set up rules, but like, you know, saying you can't, you know, you can't shut me out, you know, when you're hungry, you know, we had this discussion of things that we had this experience the first time we didn't want to happen. And I think just having that type of support also made that experience, you know, she, she was backstage with me. She did my tan. She's running around doing all these things on show day for me. Like I forgot my number back at the Airbnb. She bolted back, like and went and got it for me. So I wasn't, you know, having a massive cortisol dump. So I really think bringing in those close to us is a very, you know, very important factor to this, to maintain that motivation beyond kind of that initial high that we do get. Uh, it's another huge point. Like, like that's, that's in the book. Like, uh, like, like a lot of people talk just about start that writing books. different angles. Well, it's like, it, 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 not only are we a social species and not only is it helpful when we have the permission and the support, so we don't feel guilty of those around us, but they like people want to help people. Like if you ask, you know, how can I best support you? What do you think your spouse is going to do when you need something? Like you're not going to have to ask, they're going to offer in, in that alignment. I mean, that's just that that's, that's the number one factor research. Number one factor in a successful relationship is that you are allies. And I, I think, you know, you brought up this huge point, which is if, if you're, if you have somebody that you, you just feel linked to, there are so many levels of accountability. You not only don't feel the guilt, you feel the support, but now you feel like we're a team, like I'm doing this for them too. And if, if you, if you have an honest conversation, you know, I know your daughter's only one, but like, you know, what if she was six? I remember when my kid, you know, my last season competing, my oldest son was 12. So my, you know, next daughter would have been 10 and then eight and then four. Like, you know, that was the first time because you know, I had competed all these years prior to that. That was the first time my older kids were really cognizant of what was actually happening. And so, you know, they, they were encouraging. They, they saw it. They knew what I was doing. And, and there, was, there was just that team family camaraderie. And I, I, I think of uh, one of my local clients here who's lost 130 pounds already. She's got 30 or 40 more to go. And her husband's like her biggest cheerleader, man, let's do this. What are we going to do now? Like, do you, do you need a new pair of running shoes? Do you, you know, you're, you know, they hired me. It's like, you know, she, she goes, she does tennis and cycle bar and this and this, she's got all these things around her. She's built that support system, but her number one supporter is her husband. And, you know, they also have a four-year-old son. And you better believe like he's watching this and seeing how hard mommy's working and so forth. And, and if you're trying to do these things alone, it is, it is so much more an uphill battle than if you really have the alliance of your family. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, when you're alone, I mean, we're all our worst enemy in those alone times, right? When things just aren't going well, we're the best at convincing ourselves to do the worst thing that we could possibly do in that moment, typically, right? And so to be able to have that person to kind of see that, drag you out and kind of, you know, get you back focused and, and, and on that goal, it, it's pretty priceless. I mean, I know, I know my wife's done it for me multiple times already in the last few weeks. So, so I, it's something that I'm pretty high on right now. Well, I'll wrap us up like this. And it is that the whole reason I wanted to create this as a series of euphemisms, as a graphic, as a literal diagnostically described process is we have to get this down into an intrinsic level 
But I used to think there's external motivation and internal. External is bad. It's just the fleeting dopamine high and it doesn't get you anywhere. You got to be intrinsic. What I was missing is that you build intrinsic motivation like you build muscle tissue. It takes reps. It takes time. It takes learning all the variables. And part of the process is actually using these external boxes that you can check. Do I have the right support system? Have I did done this? Have, you know, like what are these things as we've been describing? And then that's how you build the intrinsic into a process. And more than anything, you just have to give yourself the time and the allowance and really dig into what it means. Like this is not just, uh, you know, a, a conceptual abstract. This is a real thing that obviously, as we began this podcast, that everybody contends with. It's not easy. If it, were, if it were easy, we'd all just attain every goal and everybody would be winning all day long at everything. Yeah, we wouldn't have to keep score anymore. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for watching, listening to the Mind Muscle Connection. Tyler, as always, thanks for your contribution. You're always so so thoughtful and, and come up with such, such great information on the fly. Love doing this with you. And we will see you guys all next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.